Welcome everyone to the latest episode of the Keyflow podcast. I'm very lucky to have joining me today Tim Price. Tim is of course a member of the New Zealand eventing team. And Tim, in the last couple of years, you've been really successful at top level. Most notably last year, you won Le Moulin Four Star on your yeah. number one horse, Wesco. Yeah, last year was a good good year. It was a good start to the year for me. And then you had a great start to this year as well because you came second at Kentucky Four Star on Wesco as well. Yeah, it was bittersweet, good fun, and um, it was it was great to get close, quite close to winning it. So. so I'm hoping today to try and get a bit of an insight and a few tips from you onto how you train your cross-country horses. You're known quite well for producing most of your horses from scratch. So if we start off by um, you giving me a bit of an insight into how you would start to teach a younger horse um, the learnings of cross-country, like what you do with them that very first day. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, like you say, a lot of um, the horses I've I've had and I've got have, have started from a young age, four years, five years old, that sort of thing. Um, I'm quite a natural rider. I, guess I've, I grew up breaking in horses and things, so it started by just showing horses, you know, how to be a ridden horse. And so, so that's kind of stage one. But we'll move probably forward to to the to the stage where you um, are out and, and trying to introduce them to sort of different jumps and things that they might see um, when they're at their first competitions. Um, so I think the best thing is to to have a young horse understanding all the different aspects of cross country, um, you know, with different gradients and drops and banks and there's some water and there's um, a dry ditch and all those things so that then when they go out they've seen everything at least a couple of times and are happy with it. Um, so that's 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 job that's job number one in my my opinion. And then from there you want them to understand that not only is that something that they've seen before so they have that memory, but it's something that they know that they have to um, get to the other side because that's something that I've educated them in the um, preparation environment um, already as well. So they know that they have they not only have seen it before, even though it's a little bit of a, a, a new experience at the competition things, but they also have to jump it and get over to the other side, even though they're a little bit concerned for whatever reason. And um, quite a few people do a bit of training uh, in the school. Do you ever sort of... Do you go straight out into the field and on grass, or do you ever do any introduction of skinnies and corners and things and angles in the school first? Um, yeah, I guess no. I would, I would introduce them to stepping over poles, to popping over little jumps and things in the school. Um, yep, sure, off different lines and things for them to get used to a jump coming from different angles and for them to look ahead and to to see what's ahead of them rather than getting stuck in the, the past a little bit they've got to be looking to what's coming up you can um, educate a young horse with those sort of things in the school and it's a useful environment to do that because you've got corners everywhere so you can not bounce them off the walls but you can use a wall or uh, the side of the arena to, to come round into a new line and things like that and then as soon as I feel that, that that's all um, fairly established then I'll, as soon as I can I'll, I'll get out into a field where an open space is a bit more natural and I can incorporate that natural um, way of going with a horse into the jumps and some bits and pieces. Um, so it does feel a bit more natural and, and hopefully enjoyment comes along as soon as it possibly can so that they can sort of join the party and realise it's, it's quite, actually quite a fun thing to do to be doing and quite um, satisfying to be playing around jumping some little fences. Lots of people have uh, different techniques and one that sticks out in my mind is cross-country legend Lucinda Green always talks about this tube um, to focus the horses on the job at hand. Do you have any secret weapons or you know, is there anything in particular that you could explain how to get a horse from A to B? Um, 
No, 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 no tricks or things like that. So, so much. I'd very much take horses on a case by case basis. And if if there is a horse that is really um, not that straight and really, really struggling with finding their way with a particular straightness issue or or want a desire to get to the other side, then I'll then I'll then I'll go down that route with that horse, and that mm-hmm. could be some poles on the ground using you know wider poles. Um, at right angles to the jump itself, so you can use them to sort of narrow a horse into a fence, um, to get the, and then on the landing side as well to get them to come away from a fence straight. Um, but for me, it's it's about getting the horses up and going and, and wanting them to naturally, I naturally want them to go, and that's where an open space for me with some small fences. Um, another another thing is uh, that I'll do sometimes is have them follow another horse that's yeah. a bit more experienced, and you can. Uh, put that horse quite close, tuck them in behind, and so they get that feeling where they can follow a, another horse, and it will give them a more obvious um, route through the jump and things. But um, but yeah, it's a case case by case basis, and if there's there's something that's really um, inhibiting your progress with a the horse, then um, we need to look at solutions for that. Talking about horses following other horses, obviously that's sometimes a little bit more of a natural environment for them and a few people use hunting and feel that that's a good thing for them is hunting something that you've ever used for your younger horses from time to time but just with the logistics of what we're doing with numbers of horses not that we run huge numbers but um you know it does take a lot of time it's a whole day with one horse and we do um sometimes implement that but it would be maybe um sending the horse off to someone um you know beanie sturgis is is a good friend and she's Got a lot of hunting happening during the winter, and we've had a couple go after her, um, and just just to free them up. And yes, it is. It's very good, and that's sim- that's a similar thing we're trying to emulate when we've got a horse following another horse around at home, um, and it just really switches them on to what what you're doing. So hunting's a great thing, and it would be great to be able to use it a bit more if we if we could. When you start off with your younger horses, um, is it very much about building the trust and the relationship between the two of you so that when it comes to later on in their career, as you get up the grades or if they meet something new, the foundations that you've built are nice and secure and they trust you? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's all about that and establishing that as soon as you can for the horse to realise that you're, you're, a, you're a team. You're a, you know, there's two heads, not, not just theirs, not just one, not just mm-hmm. yours either so that's um the sooner a horse can understand that the sooner you can start to build that that relationship and for the the trust aspect that's so important as you get up the levels and uh, what advice would you give to somebody who is taking on a new horse that has perhaps a little bit more experienced and has already been competing with other riders um is that a little bit harder trying to teach them to your way of going or do you need to try and adapt to them uh, it's a meet in the middle thing, and I think it's it's not so much adapting to them. I think it's about being positive, about getting out there, and you know you might have started a level that's a little bit below the horse's capability or where the horse has been competing, and take advantage of that fact. I mean, there's so many variables that could be a horse that's a bit strong and things over a smaller course, but let's say we're talking about a horse that 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 isn't that that sort of horse, and you can go out there at a lower level. And just really get stuck into the course so that you um, build that strength of uh, relationship through not attacking but being strong around the course. And then you really get to know each other a lot quicker, quicker in my opinion, rather than taking things quietly and easy, you know, which isn't actually what's going to be the case when you get up the grades and you want to be competitive. So almost sort of put a competitive hat on and off you go at, a, at the level that, you, uh, that is appropriate for the new partnership. 
and uh, that way the horse will switch on to listening to you quicker and I think it will develop the relationship quicker. And I guess, is that a little bit like, it's it's easier to sort of go out there and play safe and maybe you've got to try and push the buttons earlier at a lower level, like you were saying, and learn how that horse is going to react if you push it in a certain way. Yeah, definitely. You need to, um, yeah, like you say, you need to see how the horse is going to react and the true essence of cross-country riding and the way it needs to be tackled is up, up at a at a speed that is appropriate for for make you know coming close to the time, um, and and attacking your jumps and you know at, within reason if it's a you know downhill um, drop jump or something then you don't you've got to ride that the way it's intended to be ridden but if it's in a, a you know a bold fence then you should be attacking it and if you're a little bit close then you just sit back a little bit and it's a horse's job to be clever. And you'll remember that for next time when you're up the grades and you've got something um, that's a technic- with a technical element after it, let's say, and, and you're a little bit close. We just sit up and trust your horse because you've got the knowledge that last time you did that at the lower level, the horse looked after you and, um, and you know, you can really build your cross-country approach to actually put you in a position where you can be competitive at upper level. So we've obviously discussed um, how you start off a younger horse and then how you would... Um create a relationship with a horse that's new to you but what happens if you've got a horse that you've had for a long period of time maybe since a four or five year old and you've taught them everything and you've got up to a decent level say intermediate or three star or even four star and they've always had a good track record cross country and then suddenly you meet something new and you have a run out or you have a stop or something that's a surprise Um, I mean I've got a prime example back in April um, at Belton doing the three star I had a run out at a fence that I'd never um, come across before with my horse how do you go home then and try and fix uh, not necessarily a problem but something that's new do you need to sort of start from scratch or do you just try and build on that individual issue um, it depends I think it comes into two categories in my experience would be either the horse has discovered that there is an e- well, not an easy way because often it's more difficult to have a run out and things but they've discovered that there might be an alternative option then just jumping through the flags and throwing everything through and digging deeper or or what what have you. Um, so either you've got that, I think you've got that category of horse that they've been a little bit of a cheeky monkey or they have actually just not understood the question and in their minds they have genuinely thought that it's an option to go, to go somewhere other than what we're wanting them to do. So I think it's important to... Um, to recognise whether it's one or the other of those two things, um, just to keeping things very simple, you know, mm-hmm. generally speaking, one of those two things, and then to set about um, working out a way to to um, regain the horse's understanding of that question and making sure they understand that that job is to jump through that. So your your situation I'm not com- completely familiar with, but what happened with you? So there was um, two upright rails and you jumped the first one, you went down a dip, back up a dip to the second upright rail and and it was on an angle so it was the first time I'd sort of come up quite a severe ramp to an angled rail mm-hmm. um, and in hindsight I rode it far too forward and got too close to the second element so and you ran off to the right yeah yeah I think I remember the rails down the dip and before yeah. the water yeah and um, and so you've you've straight away said that you could have ridden it in a slightly different way to, to improve your chances of her understanding it and but did you go home and um, and you know replicate this sort of question oh, I actually made my dad build me a mound because <laughs> I felt that <laughs> the ground the undulation yeah. might have had something it affected the way you approached it so mm-hmm. 
So that sounds like it was a it was a good idea for you to go home and do that and and replicate it in a way that gave you more experience at up and down sort of questions and your horse more of an understanding of how to tackle something with undulating ground, and so so I think that was a very good a very good solution. Um, I, uh, one that I've been through an experience I've been through is with Wesco when he first went to advanced. He uh, was a little down him and uh, he was still a relatively relatively inexperienced advanced horse. And he uh, was the first time he'd seen a, a skinny brush of this sort. It was it was very deep and it was in an um, awkward location. We'd just come off a turn quite early in the cross country, and there it was. And so he came he came off the turn, and he um, didn't really see it as a jump. And so he scooted off the side of it. And so I th- that was the first time because up till then he'd actually um, you know hadn't made a mistake. He it was it was pretty easy going um, up till then. So. It was a bit of a surprise to both of us, so I came again. There was no option, and he ran off the other side. And I was like, "Hang on, this is actually a problem now. I've got one <laughs> one more shot at this, and this is this is out of nowhere." So I came again. We had a third run off. I walked home, um, you know, quite shocked and and by the whole experience. So <laughs> so that was that was an experience that I had that I had to then go and, and think about the best way to to solve that problem. Yeah. He needed to actually learn because he's a very capable jumper. He actually was in the category where he uh, thought that that was probably quite a good alternative option. He's a quick twitch kind of horse. He, he's he's quick on his feet. He's nimble. And he thought one other thing he could do was duck off to the side because he tried it on me again, actually, at a different skinny um, um, combination at a at a high-profile event that cost me, I think, second place oh. eventually. And uh, so, so it was something that I needed to address a, a couple of times, but... And how did you do that? Did you do that at home in school, or did you go cross country schooling? Or? It was a combination, actually. I, um, I it was a skinny brush issue where it was it was something with a pinpoint, you know, front mm-hmm. on it that got wider. Uh, that he that he really needed to understand that the job was to throw himself through the flags. So, so we made I made that same kind of question at a cross country schooling facility. Uh, I put a, a, a skinny brush, or the man with the tractor put it, the skinny brush in an awkward <laughs> spot, and he ran off, and I um, told him off for that. I gave him a whack, and he's a horse that doesn't like getting whacked, and he, um, I think he then jumped it again. Uh, he ran off again, rather, and then the next time he jumped it um, through the middle, gave him big pats, and it's something that I touched on at the start of each season for a couple of um, years mm-hmm. that I needed to address, and now he really understands that He's not only jumping between the flags because he enjoys jumping, but he's jumping through the flags because he must. Yeah. And so that was a lesson for him to learn that his job isn't just for his fun and enjoyment, it's because yeah. it's what's required of him. So. Did you ever feel that anything was your enemy, such as speed? I mean, did you ever try coming slower or faster or from a further further distance? Or um, Yeah, like if we're, if we're talking on the theme of, of skinny jumps where mm-hmm. you need accuracy and, and, and things like that... I, I'm a true believer when I'm back to young horses teaching them about skinny things or or older horses when you're correcting a, a problem. You slow things down a little bit because it's important that the horse doesn't run off in their mind and get away from the, the problem um, before that they have to address it. So if you slow things down and you feel a horse running off, I think it's a good it's a good idea sometimes to stop a horse in front of the skinny jump so they have to acknowledge it mm-hmm. and they understand that this is where the situation is. Then you come again in quite a collector canter bits in front of the leg, popping over the obstacle, you know, in training height, just a meter or, or something like that, where they can come quite quietly so that they understand exactly what they're doing. So 
So they understand that they are, if, if they're going to run off, they understand that they're running off. They're not running off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. And the same if they're jumping it, they are understanding they're jumping off, not just flying through carelessly and, and not really understanding that they've just done the right thing either. Um, and finally, just talking a little bit about psychology when it comes to cross-country, quite a few people, if they've had a problem with something like a ditch or a chicana, which quite often I get people when I when I teach them coming and saying, oh, we've had a few stops at a chicana, but they've gone home, they've trained over it, but then psychologically in their mind, every time they see a chicana on a cross-country course, even though they've jumped it fine the last 10 times, they're finding it a bit of a struggle in their mind. How do you advise somebody to overcome that? Um, get your blood up and just go for it. I think it's it's not about, you can't throw the reins away, um, and it's 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 sometimes difficult if a horse is backing off, but that is our, it's like altering the balance sometimes, and there is a point where a horse backs off and they can sucker you in to not backing them up to that point where they, they will get over the other side, come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. And if they're backing off and you might have, might have a psychological issue with it, like you say, um, but you just have to overcome that. You're out there galloping cross-country jumps. You have to put more into that situation so that when you come next time you can lessen off, but the intensity is still there because the horse remembers from last time. Mm-hmm. So... Sometimes you've got to put more in so that the outcome is that next time the horse offers you more yeah. and you can be a bit more of a partnership and ride it a bit more smoothly. But you just have to be able to be good at recognising that situation before it arises or when it arises that you can be there and get gutsy and get over that trachea and gallop away the other side mm-hmm. and just remember that it was it was because you were aggressive that you got it done. Yeah. And then next time the horse will have more confidence and you'll remember that you're actually quite good at fixing that problem. Sometimes people struggle with nerves going out the start box. Has that ever been something that you've struggled with, even at the big events like Lemoulin, where you knew that you were in a good place, or Kentucky? Do you go out there really wanting to tackle the course, or has nerves ever been something that you've had to take into consideration? Um, yeah, nerves are ever present at big competitions. I think it's um, there'd be something wrong if you didn't have a few nerves. Mm-hmm. It's just about how you how you manage them and how you cope with them. Um, Walking the course, I mean, you get closer and closer to the to the point in time you're going to ride the course, and I think you, you feel the nerves coming up a little bit as you get closer. Um, but then you just got to fall back on your plan A and your plan B and maybe your plan C and just know that you've looked at everything from every different angle um, and what outcomes might, might come about at different places. And just know that you've done your homework and just go out there and just believe in your ability I think it's. I think in, at the end of you know when you get to the point of actually, or well, the end. I say the end. I mean the start. So when you get to the mm-hmm. point of beginning the round, you, you've got all your plans in your head, but this. But then you go out there with quite a clean mind and know that you're a good cross country rider and and ride ride the gallop and believe in your horse and and stick to your lines. And I think just those kind of little bits of self talk keep the nerves at bay for me anyway. So. Tim, thank you so much. Just to sum up about cross-country training and how you produce your younger horses and your better horses uh, when it comes to cross-country. Like We talked about building trust and building a really solid relationship when it comes to skinnies in particular, not letting speed be your enemy. And I think your number one thing that's come across to me is about being confident in your ability and in your training and in your, and in your plans so that from the moment you go out the start box or if you come across a slightly tricky combination, be confident in what you've done. Absolutely, yep. Be confident in your preparation and your homework. And it's cross-country riding, so go out and get stuck in. Cool. Tim, thank you so much.
No problem. Cheers. As always, I must say a huge thank you to Tim Price for always giving up his time so generously to talk to me. I really hope that we covered lots of things today and that you may have learned a lot about how to train your younger horse for cross country, how to introduce them um, to cross country fences, different types of fences and how you tackle a problem with with a more experienced horse. If you feel that there's anything that we haven't covered and you'd maybe like to hear more of in a future episode then do get in touch with me through my facebook page frankie reed warrillow eventing send me a message and um i will make sure that i'll get tim in again and we'll try and cover any questions that you feel we've left out if you want to keep up to date with tim and all his um action and ongoing competing throughout the season then do have a look at his website which is www.timandjanelle.com Uh, I know that he will be off to Burley towards the end of the year. Also, he's going to Blenheim with some younger horses, so lots of exciting things going on for Tim. Thanks very much again. 